Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, folks. And welcome to the A to Z Sports Big Orange Podcast. I'm Charlie Burris here with my co-host and A to Z Sports Tennessee writer Zach Reagan. Wherever you listen throughout the world, we thank you so much for listening to us. Zach and I talk everything balls every week here on the Big Orange Podcast. And if that sounds like something you want to listen to regularly, go over to the A to Z Sports Podcast Network feed on iTunes and Spotify. And all the new episodes drop there. You won't miss a single thing. And you'll get sweet content about the Titans, the Predators. Anything and everything from the state of Tennessee and sports at Charlie underscore Burris at Zach TNT at A to Z sports on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook.com dot com slash A to Z sports Nashville and A to Z sports Nashville dot com for everything that Zach writes about the old balls. It's been uh a little while since we recorded Zach we missed a couple of episodes because we've both been really busy and at the same time not a ton has been happening with Vol sports in a, in a general sense but what has been happening with Vol sports is that Tennessee went from being how would you even define us not really a football school at all uh, as much as we would like to be also, not really a basketball school. We we were on the edge of it, on the edge of being a basketball school, but that's not working out so hot, at least uh, this past season. But maybe, obviously got a lot of great recruits coming in, maybe uh, here in the uh, not-too-decent future. But is Tennessee a baseball school, Zach? Yeah, as of right now, it certainly appears that way. I mean, I would have, you know, Tennessee always keeps you guessing, but even through all the crazy stuff that's happened the last couple of years I would have never thought the baseball would be the thing that has the program or fans just going crazy right now but it's just a testament to Tennessee fans I mean they they get behind whatever Tennessee does it doesn't matter what sport it is and this proves it everybody saw the crowd this weekend electric atmosphere you were there unbelievable I mean that is just it's the best fan base in college sports and sure I'm sure People think we're biased, but Tennessee fans, they haven't had a lot to cheer about, and they're still there no matter what. It's amazing. When Tennessee fans needed to pick me up the most, it's been some dark days uh, over the last year, and that's not even counting, you know, obviously the crazy existential stuff that was going on, you know, pandemic and such. Um. Jeremy Pruitt, total nightmare, falls apart, and you have to hire Heupel. It's an underwhelming hire, although yeah, I've got, got good vibes on it right now, as of right now. Um, 
But then basketball looks like it's going to be great. And then they fall flat at the end of the season. It's just been some gut punches, man. And when you needed it the most, Tony Vitello comes with his cape like Superman and flies in and brings, I mean, I, I would say the best Tennessee baseball team that I've seen in my lifetime. Now, Del, Del Monaco put together some good baseball teams um, back in the early 2000s. And, I mean, that's all I remember in terms of decent baseball at Tennessee. But Vol fans were looking for a reason to get behind something, some sort of winning something right now. And baseball is delivering number four team in America, playing the number one team in America this past weekend in Arkansas. And Lindsey Nelson Stadium sold out from top to bottom. First, I guess, first Tennessee sporting event sold out in, I mean, when would have even been the last one? Everything shut down like March. I mean, it would have been probably what, like the Kentucky basketball game of that previous basketball season that would have been it i was at that game too (laughs) funny enough um and that that was so so crazy and so refreshing and sent chills down my spine to hear a big crowd like that and on that note let's listen to what happened at the end of game two that was the game that i was lucky enough to go to i mean it was just by chance i actually was supposed to go on friday Funny sort of story, supposed to go on Friday, and uh, another friend that was coming had to reschedule. We had to move it to Saturday. So then we go Saturday, just sort of, it ends up that way. And Tennessee trails 7-5 to five in the bottom of the ninth inning, and they are rallying. Two guys on base, and this is what happened. No sign of a bunt. That ball hits sky high into right field. Going back to the fence is Wallace. And hello, Wind Column! Yes, sir! Max Ferguson has walked it off for the University of Tennessee. A first pitch fastball, a meatball, and that ball is gone. And Tennessee is even in this weekend set against number one, Arkansas. Nobody retired in the bottom of the ninth. Home run number nine. Runs batted in 33, 34, and 35. Hello, wind column. Thank you, Max Ferguson. That's the great John Wilkerson from the Vol Network. Uh, I was in the right field stands for this. We went absolutely nuts. I high-fived and hugged strangers. We're jumping up and down, running around. We had Arkansas fans right in front of us that we got to taunt. It was so fun because they they were getting real cocky going into that ninth inning, thinking they were about to win. Um, it, uh, I, this re- just renewed me as a person. It refreshed my soul. I, I don't think that I had realized how much I had missed. All of that, that, the whole thing. Obviously, we've all been longing for it. But to have the full crowd, the full power of a Tennessee crowd sold out from top to bottom, it it was just ridiculous, Zach. What, what were your thoughts on this game? Yeah, specifically what you're saying. I mean, a year ago at this time, there was no end in sight to this whole pandemic. And 
you started to wonder, you, you knew it would eventually turn around, but you just wondered when, how long will it be? And then to see crowds like this and to see excitement and fans going crazy. I was glad we got sports back last summer, but it's just not the same when there's no fans in the stands and especially college baseball. I mean, it's such an exciting, it's such an exciting play. A walk off home run is one of the most electric things you, that can happen in sports. So to have fans there was especially great. But as far as the baseball side of things, I think, you know, we learned two things this weekend. One, Arkansas is undoubtedly the best team in the country. But Tennessee is literally right there. I mean, they are very deserving of being number four or better. I mean, every game was decided by one run, right? Yep. Uh, I mean, there could have easily been a sweep in Tennessee's favor. Could have easily been a sweep in Arkansas's favor. They're pretty evenly matched teams. I mean... You really, I know that the, the game today didn't go the way that, that you'd want, and, and maybe maybe Vitello left Tidwell in too long. I mean, I don't know. You can look back at those decisions and, and second guess all you want after the fact. I mean, that's just how baseball goes. But, but Tennessee is, is right there with Arkansas, and I, I, I don't think anybody could say otherwise after this weekend. The, the thing that was the coolest to me, obviously the game and the atmosphere, we've covered that now, but the thing that was the coolest to me that I have missed with Tennessee sports for a long time now, uh, we saw it some with basketball, but after this series was over, or in the middle of it, after that walk-off home run happened and after the first game, Tennessee had a five-run lead in the first game and mm. blowing it. Some excellent offense from Arkansas down the stretch. And God, that that closing pitcher they have, man, that reliever is uh what's his the kid's name? Kevin uh something or other that he he finished out the game today. That kid is ice cold. He's given up four runs all season long. I guess he's given up five. Tennessee scored one on him uh in today's game. Uh but the talk on Twitter after the game that I haven't seen around a Tennessee uh, sports team in a long time was other fans of other schools going, wow, Tennessee is good. This is a real, they, they were saying what an exciting series. These are the two best teams in America. This is elite level baseball and just kind of, even though Tennessee lost this series, people who are fans of opposing teams, like heaping praise on Tennessee because it was just such an impressive series. It was played at such a high level and you just had some of the best players playing some of the best baseball uh, all, all at once. And it was a, a joy to watch, even though it was tough. Tennessee had at least a one run lead in all three games. One, one had a five run lead in game one and ended up uh, coming away with a loss there. But, uh, I would say Tennessee should have won the series and that says a ton about where Tennessee is because Tennessee should have won the series and we walk away saying Arkansas is the best team in America right now. And I I mean, all credit where it is due every single bit of credit and write this man, whatever check he needs. Tony Vitello is absolutely killing it right now. Oh yeah, you cannot let him go anywhere. I mean, he he's got to be locked down long term. Do you know how much money he's making right now? Let's look it up. I oh uh, no, I know, I know. He's oh you do, you do yeah. know. 
He's no. making four hundred and sixty grand annually. No. Do you know how much we paid Kevin Steele? To uh, well, nine hundred thousand dollars, yeah. I believe, something along those lines, to sit here for two weeks and do nothing. Yeah, that is just the most bizarre thing. I mean, man, I know it's baseball and football, but still, that's that's a tough one to swallow. But yeah, he he needs to be making a lot more than that, and you cannot let him go uh, get away. But honestly, I don't, I don't know. I, I, like baseball coaching searches aren't really these big publicized things like like football searches and, and basketball coaching searches. So I don't know if, if Vitello would be looking to jump ship, where he would be looking to go. You know, I know his alma mater, maybe. I don't know the situation at Missouri. But he seems all in at Tennessee. I mean, did you see him after the game today, the, the, yes. the intense uh, encounter there with the Arkansas head coach? And, and those guys, I mean, he was on his staff for, what, three, four seasons? Mm-hmm. He credits Beat him Tennessee with really hired- – Tennessee hired Vitello from Dave Van Horn's staff. Right. I mean, I mean and Vitello great. gives Van Horn a lot of credit for kind of helping him become the coach he is today, uh, letting him kind of do his job at Arkansas, not micromanaging him. I mean, he has a lot of respect for him. And for them two to be going at it, I mean, there's some speculation. It was about recruiting. I mean, both coaches have talked about it and kind of alluded to it being some sort of off-the-field issue, not necessarily something that happened during the game, and Vitello himself even said it, it wasn't the right time to say whatever he had to say. But clearly there's a lot of passion there for the job that he has right now is kind of my takeaway from that. Vitello has touches of Kiffin as a coach. That's what it reminded me of, especially after that game just going up and giving Dave Van Horn the business. I mean, he got in his face. And I love that he had the mask on so you couldn't read his lips because that was definitely (laughs) the play there. That was purposeful. Uh, I'm I'm pretty sure because, yeah, Vitello hasn't really been all about that mask. Uh, (laughs) And and he he had it up, I think, for a reason during that whole exchange. And, I, I mean, it was intense and just showed how all in he is right now. And and I just go, where I mean, we're saying write the check. Where do you even go from here? You're playing, you are the the second best team in the best league in college baseball. I don't know. The only place you can go is go and beat Arkansas and be the top team. I how else <laughs> where else do you go? I there are teams with, I guess, greater tradition, but are you gonna if you can get financial promises from Tennessee. I to me, I feel like that would be the thing for Vitello almost more than salary because at a certain point, I mean, a lot of these coaches like don't even have the the time in their free time to even spend the money they make. You know, and, and half million bucks is he's he's not hurting even though he should be paid more. But I feel like for a baseball coach at Tennessee right now, what that guy really needs is a true commitment to the program. Well, that's what he wants, right? I mean, he wants Yeah. He wants upgrades to the stadium. Tennessee what wants an off-campus stadium, I believe, is, is kind of the talk. And Vitello so, wants improvements to the current stadium. I know there had been – this is a lot of, of local politics, and it's a very uh, divisive subject around Knoxville these days. Um, Randy Boyd, president of the university at Tennessee, has an initiative right now. He is, if you do not know, he is the owner of the Tennessee Smokies uh, – 
baseball team, which is, I, I guess you would not, not, uh, not semi-pro. What do you call it? Not it's, D2. A, uh, it's a, a minor league team. Minor league. Minor league. Yeah. Why was I drawing a blank on minor league? <laughs> stupid. Um, minor league baseball team in the, in the Cubs system. He's the owner of that team and they want to move that stadium down to downtown Knoxville. And I know, I believe, don't quote me on this. I'm not trying to break any news and I may have some of the details wrong here, but I believe there was talks about Tennessee baseball playing in that stadium, having it be dual purpose in order to maximize its usefulness. And so, and it, and it also helps make the case for public funding going towards that baseball stadium if it gets used by a team from a public university, that's the thing that makes it divisive right now is that they're talking about whether it should be privately funded, publicly funded. We're not going to break that down on this stupid podcast, but um, I I do know that there was some talks about that. I I don't know the exact direction that any of that is going. That would be huge and cool. Um, And I, you know, I'm all for Tennessee having an off campus big, much bigger, much more impressive stadium. Cause you look around the sec, Tennessee is so outmatched. You look at Mississippi state. Uh, the, I mean, they're really the cornerstone right now. They've just plowed so much money into their baseball stadium and program in general, LSU, Ole Miss, like they all have really committed cause they've had great teams that ironically Vandy's been the best out of anybody in their baseball stadium is still pretty meh, but Nonetheless, at least the last time I, I was there, they may have done renovations to it recently. I don't totally keep up with that. But um, nonetheless, like Tennessee needs to keep up with the Joneses at a minimum. And now, especially that you're in the elite playing in the elite echelon of college baseball right now. You got to get with the program. Come on now. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I think what you're kind of saying there, make those commitments to the program, obviously raises salary. But yeah, make those commitments to the program because really. I think the only place Vitello goes, uh, unless Missouri somehow comes into play, and I don't, I don't really know how he feels about that situation or, or how attractive that would be to him. But Major League Baseball is the only thing I think that could swipe him away, and you don't really see that often. I think we've talked about this before. You, you don't really see college coaches go to become Major League coaches. It, it's a lot of XMLB players that end up being coaches guys that come up through minor league systems every now and then you see it happen and if a team come came calling for Vitello that would be really hard to turn down and I wouldn't put it past a team like the Tampa Bay Rays that are very analytically driven maybe they want to take a chance on a college coach or something like that but outside of that I don't think Tennessee has too much to worry about but they do need to stay ahead of this and make sure it doesn't become an issue yes and I think Danny White in control. If it was still Phil, not sure how confident I would be. But now that there really is a true administrator leading Tennessee athletics, I I think he'll yeah he'll, true yeah he'll get it done. I I don't foresee that being a problem. It will be extremely disappointing if it does become a problem. Extremely extremely disappointing. I you know I've definitely had the thought that like. The only way that in the short-term future I'll bring Danny White into question is if the Hypel hire goes super south super quickly. But if he screws up and, like, lets Vitello go, we're going to have a problem. Um, 
because obviously that's it is it is football, men's and women's basketball, and then baseball is just closely behind, and you gotta give it the priority it deserves. And so I I'm not saying that like I said, I as of right now, I completely have the confidence that he'll get that done. I think it'll be fine. Tennessee will continue the on the path that they're on. But no matter how you slice it right now, this is so, so well-timed. How grateful does Danny White have to be to Tony Vitella right now? <laughs> Should Danny White write a thank you letter to John Curry and say, friend, much appreciated uh, that you hired this man who's taking the heat off of anything that's happening around the University of Tennessee right now. I mean, it's... I don't think that anything all that terrible is happening. It's if this wasn't happening right now, though, you would have a major, major lull going on around Tennessee sports right now. If this, in, if this wasn't happening right now, all we would we'd be all that we would be talking about would be the players that have left Tennessee's football program since yep December. <laughs> That's yes. all we'd be talking about. Exactly. The only thing to talk about, we two weeks later, we would have, and we're going to talk about this because this happened since the last time we recorded. As I said, it's sort of been a while. Um, Henry Toto left in a very makes me sick to my stomach sort of way. Um, yeah, I mean, you would just have that to dwell on <laughs> and just ruminate on and think about and sort of be like, oh, if he would have stayed, then we would, blah, 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 you know. That's that's all there would have been. But instead, we get to watch the, you know, the number four baseball team in, in America and in our opinion, the second best baseball team in America right now uh, play and really bring the heat. And so all, all the way around, the baseball situation is very good as a distraction from other things and just within itself. It is very good. Tennessee baseball has always needed this and they just have never been able to get out of the the wilderness and so now finally uh it's coming around and i hope obviously just like with any tennessee sports team it's all about that postseason and it's coming up one more series left against south carolina and and essentially i i would say so arkansas has to play florida i mean this is how close it is for tennessee right now arkansas has to play florida in this coming weekend i believe don't shoot the messenger on this one correct me if i'm wrong zach if tennessee sweeps south carolina which is gonna be extremely tough to do and florida wins two out of three against arkansas i believe tennessee would win the sec regular season i think that would get them the top record in the league i i believe you're right well because arkansas as of today so Tennessee came into today's game with the exact same conference record as Arkansas, right? They lost. So Tennessee's a game behind. Correct. Then if Tennessee wins three and Arkansas loses two, Tennessee would be a game. Ahead. I think they'd be they'd be tied then, right? No, they yeah, that's right. They would be tied. And I and Arkansas would hold a tiebreaker. Yes. So Florida would have ah. to win two out of three. Or three. Yeah. They'd, Florida would have to sweep. They'd have to sweep, which yeah. is Arkansas hasn't lost a series this entire season. Yeah, so, but so hey, the chances of that happening are chances are good, slim. but but it uh, they're not mathematically eliminated yet. Yes, exactly. Um, but nonetheless, the fact that you're that close, that you're in that stratosphere with the number one team in America, all credit where it's 
uh, dude, Tony V. Unbelievable. And I love how he's stirring stuff up. I didn't ever really expound on that point about how he's kind of reminding me of, of Kiffin right now. Like he's just going out at the, his post game pressers. He's kind of, he pushes buttons, man. And, and he's, uh, I, I like it. I like it a lot. It's nice to have a coach around that's doing that type of stuff right now. Yeah. I mean, you, you typically don't see college baseball coaches kind of in the, in the limelight too much. I mean, he, uh, he got under the skin of LSU's coach earlier mm-hmm. this year, didn't he? I mean, yeah, yep. it, it, it has made it entertaining, and it's not just to pass the time. People are genuinely interested. They are invested in this team. It's it's not like it's May. There's nothing else going on. I'll just check out Tennessee baseball. They're looking forward to it. They're living and dying with it. And, and that's what's exciting. It is full go. And, and I guess before we check out on the baseball conversation, let's do hit on this, Zach. Because this is a, this is a, uh, a polarizing subject around Tennessee sports at the moment. So Peyton Manning shows up for the first game of the series, obviously huge game for Tennessee. So they bring in the big guns. Um, in the first game of the series, Peyton throws out the opening pitch. Tennessee gets up five zero great vibes. And then they fall apart and they blow it. And it adds on to a long string of games that Peyton Manning has showed up to for Tennessee, and Tennessee loses in unceremonious ways. And, Zach, is Peyton Manning a curse on Tennessee sports? Well, I mean, <laughs> he couldn't beat Florida. So. I don't want to say it. Maybe there's something there. I don't know. Here's I have my. There's been a lot of this talk, you know, on Twitter a lot this weekend. Oh, yeah, after, big Twitter topic. After Friday. <laughs> and the point I kept seeing, and I get it, Tennessee loses games all the time that they're not supposed to lose regardless of who's in attendance. So is it just coincidence or is it Peyton? But he's never there for the big wins. So I don't know. Here's my analysis of the situation. Peyton only shows up to big games. Because that's that is the figure that he is as when it pertains to Tennessee sports. He is the the biggest, most prominent, most famous sports alumni Tennessee has really ever had. Yeah, he's not coming to the Wofford game. <laughs> exactly. And the big games are the toughest. I mean, he comes to like the Alabama game, the Florida game for football. Yeah, at Georgia. Yeah, you're gonna lose. Yeah, yeah. at Georgia, you're gonna lose. And the thing I saw somebody bring this up. I, I remembered it after somebody said it, but uh, I did not remember it just off the top of my head. Peyton was in attendance at one of the great wins in Tennessee sports history. Number one versus number two uh, in Memphis between Bruce Pearl and Cal Perry mm-hmm. and Tennessee wins that game to take over the number one spot in America. And Peyton, was in attendance at that game. So he has... To be fair, I feel like that was pre-whatever curse has been over Tennessee the past 15 years. That's true. That would have been... What even year? What was that? Yeah. That's... Let's see. Tennessee, Memphis, one verse two. Uh, That was... Oh, come on. It doesn't have the date that it just shows. Oh, wait. February 23rd, 08. 
Oh, so, so it's it's kind of well, yeah. That's 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 pre-former yeah. firing. Yeah, that was the beginning of the end, essentially, yes. to anything good <laughs> happening to Tennessee sports. <laughs> Fulmer fired, Bruce fired, hiring Dooley. I mean, it was just all downhill from there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and I mean, realistically, because that was when, let me check the dates um, on on this, too. When did they fire Rod Delmonico for baseball? Oh, yeah. Cause 2007. Yeah. Well, and I don't even, how did that end? Cause I, I wasn't, I was only, I was only 17 then. So I don't even really remember how, how that falling out all happened or what happened. Did he leave? No. Cause in 2008, he was an assistant at Florida state. Um, yeah, you don't leave so to, to go take an assistant he, job at Florida state. In 2007, he was released from his contract. But we made the World Series in 2005. So it was a quick fall. Um, so, yeah. Del, Del Monaco out in 2007. Fulmer out in 2008. Uh, Bruce out in 10, I believe. Dooley sucked it up during that whole time. Really? Kiffin, three years just destroyed the, the next 10 years. It's- 07 to 10 was total destruction and it had this lasting impact you know for the last decade and and (laughs) all it takes is a couple hopefully all it takes is a couple of right years to fix it we just haven't had the right person yet to actually fix it because it does you could flip it around right now let's say tennessee baseball makes a, a world series run this year you have i mean yet again with uh, with Rick, you have one of the best basketball teams. It appears one of the best rosters Tennessee's ever had in basketball coming in football. I would say Hypel will be a legitimate miracle worker. If he does anything over 500 this season, <laughs> or even if he does 500 this season, let's be totally honest. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you put a string like that together and you make all, all three parts and, and Kelly Harper, with women's basketball, they they showed some promise this season, even though they got bounced early in the tournament. Yeah, you could turn it around pretty quick. It, at least you, in every the, everything except football. I think you well, can turn it around pretty the quick. The funny thing about football is that, you know, with, with Dooley and Butch and, and Pruitt, you had this, you fired a guy and then you got this excitement building. Not really with Dooley so much. I think people just kind of talked themselves into it by the time the season rolled around, like, hey, he's got a great last name. You know, maybe the Louisiana Tech losing record was just a bad situation. But with Butch, there was legitimate excitement. And a lot of that was generated by Butch and the way he branded things. But, I mean, hey, he did a good job of building excitement for the program. And with Pruitt, it was, hey, this guy's nothing like Butch. He's, you know, Nick Saban tree. He's bringing back old school version of football, kind of, what Fomer did. It was just like building excitement with Hypel. And people have been encouraged, I think, just because of his success. But I feel like the tone is like, eh, you know, let's hope he can do it. It's not really like this belief where people we'll are just like, this is the guy. He's the guy that's going to turn it around. People are just like, let's hope he does. And eh, maybe he will. Like, it, will it's just say, such a different vibe. Yes, it is. And I, I will say, am I hyped? <laughs> am I hypeled? No, I, I'm not hyped. About but watch, football. watch him be the one that actually does it because nobody I know. thinks he That's will. That's what I was about to say. Am I hyped? No, 
but that is different. Like, I, I, I would say the thing that intrigues me the most, and this is really encouraging, honestly, the thing that intrigues me the most about Heupel is actually his football coaching acumen, which we could not say about Butch, which we could not say about Pruitt, which we could not say about Dooley. I look at Heupel and I go, he is literally known as one of the best X's and O's offensive guys in America. Yeah, and he didn't, like Pruitt stepped into a situation at, Georgia and Alabama and at Florida State with five-star players, established defenses. He didn't overhaul anything. I mean, that was Nick Saban's defense. Georgia was loaded with talent like they always were in those days. And and Florida State, Jalen Ramsey and some of those guys, lots of talent. He didn't have any of that talent at Tennessee. We don't really know what X's and O's Pruitt, you know, can do. I mean, he he really – position coach I don't even know how good of a defensive coordinator he really is because I haven't seen him take a defense and overachieve with it that and that's exactly what I was alluding to there like yeah we could we could speculate with Pruitt like oh he's yeah he's literally never been a, a head coach at any level at all but he did have you know won a national championship with his defense but for a coach who's a defensive coach and the greatest coach of all time. And, you know, I, I exactly what you're saying. He, he was put up on crutches at Alabama and held up. It appears <laughs> now that now postmortem on Pruitt seems like he was a bit of a shell game and Fulmer right. got had and, and it just, the entire situation is really unfortunate. Well, for Fulmer got had and at the same time, like, how many options did Fulmer even really have? It was really, it was Pruitt, it was Mel Tucker, and it was Kevin Steele. Yeah, Kevin Steele, that was about it. And, I mean, Tennessee fans, Pruitt was the guy everybody wanted out of those three. Pruitt was the yep. one I was pushing for out of those three. So I'm, I'm not going to fault Fulmer for having to hire Pruitt at that point. It, it was the option everybody thought was the best at the time. But at least yeah. with Heupel and the, the coaching stuff, like he came into Missouri, that offense was terrible. And he instantly turned that into one of the most prolific offenses in, in the SEC in the country. Pretty much that that's all him. And that wasn't a talent a, a offense loaded with talent either. So the he, guy has gotten results. And you you really can't you can debate the effectiveness of his style of football, but you cannot debate that he has gotten results on the offensive side of the football. Yeah. You can definitely argue that his his style is pretty tough on being able to play complimentary football. Yeah, there's flaws, of course. And, there. Yeah, we you know we've talked about it at length already, but he has he has been extremely successful with multiple quarterbacks at multiple schools in multiple leagues, and he has a a really impressive track record in that way and he came into the spring game and showed things that I have never seen a Tennessee football team do and I'm intrigued I'm intrigued am I hyped like I said am I hyped no am I intrigued absolutely I'm intrigued I think the other thing for with him just real quick on football that this the most encouraging is this guy knows how to manage a staff and Jeremy Pruitt did not know how to manage a coaching oh, yeah. staff I mean we look firing coaches in the middle of the year coaches leaving after a year for lateral moves. It was just such a mess. This guy's got guys that's coached with him for a while. 
He's brought guys in. I mean, he he brought Mike Eckler in, and he's just fit in with this staff perfect. I mean, that dude has so much energy. Him and Alex Golish, the offensive coordinator, I think they've become best friends or something. They're really bonding. They're going to baseball games together. They're hanging out together. I mean, you can really see this staff having fun with each other, and that's going to permeate to the rest of the team. And that tension that was there with the previous staff, same thing. I mean, I think that that you kind of feel that through through the entire team, the entire roster. That's the other thing that's encouraging because that kind of behind the scenes stuff, it's not really X's and O's stuff, but it it matters. I mean, it's the the whole culture, the way the locker room feels, the way the practices feel, the way the coaches interact with each other, all that stuff matters and that it, it affects how you play on Saturdays. There's a lot of different ways to be a successful leader. And I feel like college college football is pretty unique because you can have, I mean, the best guy in the game is an absolute tyrant. I mean, Saban walks around with an iron fist and crushes people in his program. So I've so I've heard it. it's not the greatest place to work in the world. <laughs> Just ask Lane Kiffin. Exactly. um so there's a lot of different ways it can work i mean like like that style of leadership is probably not not gonna fly too well in a corporate boardroom at a you know a forbes 500 company but in in football you can you can be that way you can also be dabba and be goofy and weird and eccentric (laughs) and all this stuff there's a hundred different ways to do it and yes, the the competence that I see already on that front uh, from Hypel is <laughs> leaps and bounds better than Pruitt because there were that was the entire question when Pruitt came in. We already, I mean, we said it. You have people going. Can he be the CEO? And no, he could not. He could not handle it. He's he's a an assistant, and he will very likely be a lifelong assistant. I it's hard for me to imagine he'll be a head coach again at any, at any level. It's going to take a long time for him to ever get untoxic enough to come back to college. I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't because I th- think things are, he, he probably will. Cause I think he's, he's a guy who will very, very much want to, I don't think he's going to be a dually where he just sort of floats into obscurity in the NFL, but like, or, or I guess as an offensive coordinator at Missouri, I forget that Dooley did that. <laughs> I don't um, know why they let him do that. He'd never been yeah. a coordinator before. I know. But, okay. <laughs> but none, none he replaced Hypel, right? I mean, he replaced. Yeah, he did. That's yeah. true. <laughs> but uh, like, he's going to be hard pressed to ever get back into that position when you just had it in so embarrassingly and so badly. And obviously, the NCAA is going to come after him in whatever way they have to. You know what um, I could see? High school head coach. I could see him going back yeah. to Alabama and just – because that's who he is. I mean, he is a high school coach that got a break and fell into a amazing situation at Alabama with Nick Saban. And then, like we just mentioned, he continued to fall into these great situations, and he ended up in a situation – where he didn't have all the resources and all the talent and all the stuff he had before. And, you know, he showed who he really was. And he's a, he's a high school coach. I I, I don't even, he's nothing more than that to me. 
I I completely agree. So I, I will be interested to see what he does. He's reportedly still coming after Tennessee for that paycheck. I don't cannot say I blame him one bit there. Oh, yeah, he feels yeah. like he has any ground to stand on. Yeah, I think um, you have to anyway. That's just kind of yeah. – even if you just get a settlement, I mean, that's just kind of standard procedure, really. Yeah, and, and to, uh, to show in some sense the NCAA that, like, I, I'm confident enough in what I did at Tennessee to still come after my money. You know, th- there's a lot of elements there. But uh, all of that is to say that Peyton Manning has cursed the University of Tennessee. That's a fact. And he just, he has to go. <laughs> no. <laughs> I already, I said my piece. Peyton just comes, he comes to the huge games. And Tennessee in the last decade has lost every huge game. What are you going to say? Sorry, Peyton. We cannot fit you into the Florida game this year, but you can come see Tennessee play Pittsburgh. That's what, genuinely, that's what Tennessee needs to do. Start bringing Peyton to the snoozers, (laughs) and then we'll get, you know, it's kind of like early season basketball games. You know, you're just, you're getting set. You got to get back into the swing of things. You know, make sure there's there's chemistry with Peyton. We got to get back. We got to get back to a winning way. He's he's only been with us at these absolutely horrible losses. Let's get him back to some of these snoozers. Get him to the Wofford game so that he can see a win. You know, get his get his juju right, and then we'll bring him to the Florida game. Uh, <laughs> no, that is really silly. But uh, oh, nonetheless, there's so many just. If you say anything negative about Peyton, there's a certain group of fans that are not. I could not, not be believe. Happy. I mean, I can't believe it. It's Twitter, but I just tweeted. I don't even remember exactly what I said. I said at what I, something like at what point does Tennessee stop letting Peyton Manning come to sporting events? Like just so obviously sarcastic. Obviously, I do not want Tennessee to exile the greatest. <laughs> sports figure that has ever attended the university and, and and not only that the greatest sports figure to ever attend the university and probably the greatest sports ambassador the school has ever had he has an entire family legacy at at old miss and in the state of louisiana and he has stuck his neck out for tennessee time and time and time and time again he wears the orange he reps it all the time uh, even even in things where he doesn't, you know, he goes on national TV and plays a round of golf with Tiger Woods. He's wearing orange. You know, it's it's like he used to have him play Rocky Top at Broncos practices. I remember that. Exactly. Like he is all about it. Of course, I do not want the University of Tennessee to stop letting him come to games. Humor, humor is gone. Humor is completely gone. It's gone. Twitter has killed it. Twitter is the death of all humor. Uh, there were a lot of people who were like, this is what's wrong with the Tennessee fan base. We're never grateful. And we're just, you're a moron. Peyton is the great. Yeah. Was Obviously that, Peyton is the greatest. Danny White. Joke. Was that Danny White tweeting that at you? <laughs> Probably. His burner from- account. <laughs> yes, it was. He said, how dare you not just text this to a friend? <laughs> You heard Danny White. You heard what he said. And Danny White is the greatest AD Tennessee has ever had. Do you wonder if, if 
Danny White over the last couple of months, just he's probably said this stuff about being positive. I mean, he's probably said that stuff at every school he's been at, Buffalo, UCF, and everywhere. He just says it without really thinking, and the kind of backlash that he got for that. I mean, there's no way he was expecting that. He has to, he has to be wondering what is wrong with these people. <laughs> what, what did I get I, myself into? I love seeing that. When somebody does something, you'll see it with like opposing fans a lot on Twitter where they'll say something that crosses Tennessee fans. And then it's just a <laughs> wave of people that's just like, look at this idiot. You dived, you know, fall Twitter just attacks and they'll delete and be like, Tennessee fans are the worst. And, you know, but to see it happen to a public figure at the school who clearly was not ready for what was about mm-hmm. to rain down on him. Danny White's doing a decent job so far. It is pretty funny. It made me <laughs> like just just to see it because he he came in with a lot of hubris, a lot of a lot of BDE, if you know what I mean. Mm. The the kid the kids that listen to this podcast will know what that means. Uh, look at it. You can Google it if you want to. He came in with a lot of that, <laughs> and he made those comments. And I kind of said on this show, I was like, he needs to cut that out. Cause that's not going to go over well. And he needs as much good cinnamon as he can get. Um, and yeah, it didn't, didn't go well. And I haven't, uh, haven't really heard him say much of that since I, I don't, I haven't taken a hard look. What has he even been saying? Oh He's no, been, he, you know, a couple of weeks ago, he kind of doubled down on it. I did, in did interview with Brent hubs and, and really kind of focused in on that. And I must've missed that. Yeah. It was just the same stuff. I mean, talking about being positive and, and, the negativity doesn't understand the negativity at all. Yeah, if it was round two. Fan, pretty much. Understand if if you've been around for what we mentioned from 2007 to current, <laughs> you'd understand, <laughs> Danny. <laughs> like the list of things that's happened to Tennessee since 2007. If you just wrote it down in a list, and I, I might do that at some point this summer, just to compile it all, just to look at it in like an article form. But it's just so absurd. You can't even make the stuff up. I mean, from from the way Kiffin left to just random things like that we forget about, like the Donnie Tyndall situation, just things like that. It's just <laughs> completely absurd. Yeah. And it, it doesn't make any sense that, that all these things can happen to one university. And then to top it off, when the Jeremy Pruitt stuff happened this past winter, and that, that happens at Alabama, I mean – it's major, just major storyline after storyline and news. And it was here too, but fans are just kind of like, yep, yeah, that's this year's version of craziness. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's not even a big deal anymore. Now. Yeah. Do you ever watch uh, Veep, the show Veep? Oh, yeah. Tennessee sports over the last like 14 years, whatever it would have been going back, starting with really with the the downfall of Mike Hamilton and all the mistakes he made. It's been an episode of Veep, which if you, if you don't know, it's a, it's, it's like a sit, sitcom on, on HBO about the vice president of the United States. And they literally just everybody involved with the show is an idiot. Like that's the whole shtick of the show is that everybody's dumb and they all do dumb things all the time. And they're stupid. And that's been Tennessee <laughs> since 2007. It's just been one after another, after another, after another, just comical. I mean, you bring up Tyndall, man. Like Donnie, after everything went down, he he really tried to play up P- 
PR with local media members. He just, the guys that had been around and knew him, like he was communicating with a lot of us. I was one of them. That guy was convinced that he was going to be fine. And it, I mean, it really, it was like, it was like a sitcom. Obviously he's a pretty eccentric character to begin with. Like he's just a goofy guy. And he was, I might still have like the text messages. I don't, I, I kept them for a long time because I, I showed them to people. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry, Donnie. Um, (laughs) but, but convinced that he was going to be fine. And not only was he not fine, a, 10 year show cause for what yeah. happened. I mean, it's just something like you can't make that up. Like you can't, they brought in a goofy guy who was in a total mess. And I, I mean, it was just so, so much of that. I, well, the, I could go through. We, it really we should is, just do an episode of that. And I think in a, in a humorous way, I don't want it to be this dark, like taking a dump on Tennessee for an entire hour, but I think it would be fun to just go back through all you that honestly could make a season. you honestly could make a sitcom based off of 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 the downfall of Tennessee sports over the last 15 years seriously and the, the follies of I mean just the whole John Curry and and Beverly Davenport messages that were exchanged back and forth that that right there's a script in itself you don't even have to do any work it's there for you think about like the script potential of the text messages that Brady Hoke was sending. That's <laughs> like, John, I know that they were in all caps. John, I know the situation that you're in. And I think that I can be the leader of Tennessee football. And I, whatever he was saying, <laughs> I that, would like the, that the goofiness of Beverly Davenport getting up and like, not knowing anything about like PR apparently, and just looking crazy. And, Oh, Curry going rogue! On oh, the a plane? Mike Leach, the Mike Leach text where he oh. says he's sitting by the water for them to. Are we meet. writing a? Are we writing a future successful sitcom right now, Mike? Yeah. You could do the a, work like a has whole, been done. A whole episode would just be the interview between Mike Leach and and Curry. I mean, that has to just be comical. Wow, I've. That is an angle of it I've never really approached because <laughs> no, it either. is just a, and that's not even the tip of the iceberg, really. It's not. <laughs> it's really not. That's the craziest part. Uh, like to go to go and sit down with like a a Brent Hubs, to go and sit down with a Jimmy Himes, guys that have not only just been there for all of it, but have been in deep. Oh yeah. Like they, they have great connections and they know everybody and they were around at all. I can't imagine the stories. Oh yeah. Brent Hubs has to write a book at some point. Yes. When he's oh my near gosh. The end of his career, because it would be just something else like uh, the John Gruden mania stuff and the little radio <laughs> interviews he'd do when he'd sneak in a reference to Tennessee and just Twitter would blow up for 12 hours over uh. it. I, at it, one point, I was trying to track down. I, I guess this was uh, in the 2017 search. I was trying to track down John Gruden stuff so so hard at one point that I was listening to live interviews he was doing. Like I think one was in Seattle when the Seahawks were playing on Monday Night Football, and he would do radio hits on like the Friday before the game or something. 
and he was in Seattle and I'm finding the Seattle radio station to listen to John Gruden just to see if anything would be brought up or not. I mean, it was completely absurd. I mean, I and, dear, like during that whole thing, I remember I was obviously like I was doing radio at that point um, and talking to guys who I know for a fact have rock solid sources within Tennessee and they were hearing that that stuff was real. I mean, I like I'm talking pe- like people who are for real connected. We're hearing things and it just that that's the will forever be a true, true mystery to me. That's what's so intriguing about the Gruden stuff is is such a mystery. Like did, did the meeting, it was a supposedly right. A meeting in Florida and like Mm two, four, seven reported that if I'm remembering correctly, like they put that out legitimately that Curry had met with Gruden and like, there was a whole powwow and like, if we're not really sure if that ever actually did happen and they it almost got played off as a joke by the university there was somebody i mean i if you remember this incredibly ridiculous element there was somebody who clearly had access to the flight itinerary of tennessee's plane and they were planning itineraries to Starkville, Mississippi, which would have been Dan Mullen. They were planning an itinerary to where, you know, wherever Gruden was, you know, and they were shifting it, then canceling the flight, then shifting it to another place, boat Boca Raton, where Lane Kiffin was. They were doing a plane to Boca Raton and then canceling that. And everybody was watching it. And we were all just like, what in the world is any of this? They were literally playing games. It was just, they were making like a joke out of it. I have no idea if it was just a complete game that curry played i think it was all made up that's what i think well yeah i don't know i mean we don't know how much of it was made up and then the moment i knew it reached complete absurdity was when brent hubs went to the airport yeah when john reed was there (laughs) that was the height that was that that was one of the most exciting like live periscope videos i've ever seen i've never (laughs) laughed so hard at something like that Absolutely he pulled up electric. next to Brent Hubs, and he's just sitting in the truck looking at the camera. That was <laughs> a top 10 moment for me. I mean, I, I even remember, I think, because I had tweeted, uh, I was like, Hubs is at the airport, you know this is serious. And I think he tweeted back at me and was like, just doing my due diligence, <laughs> or something like trying to... <laughs> like yeah. play it down <laughs> i i gotta go back and look at all of that so much i mean just think dude most recently <laughs> i i have some stuff that happened with fulmer before he got hired as ad that i it's still a little too fresh probably to talk about here so i won't but even more recent than that this was public so i can i'm happy to say it here the day before Pruitt got fired, his brother was tweeting at me about how he had made the roster better yeah. at Tennessee. He was saying like, oh, wasn't the roster, would you not say that the roster is better now than when he showed up? Like, what is this This absolute clown show? How, what is the aura around Tennessee that just brings all this in? Like, not only is the football coach just a goofy like bumpkin 
but we got to bring in his brother who's like tweeting at me some nobody he, he would about tweet the most at the most random tweets too there'd be like weeks where you're criticizing Pruitt and nothing and he would choose the one thing that wasn't even that big of a deal uh, he was I, I saw him on Facebook pages he was <laughs> he was out there lurking a lot and it's forever like a mystery to me like how much were they talking is he I wonder that too is he close with that brother because he did I I never saw in any of those exchanges sort of hints that he had real like insight into the situation, just that he was more commenting as like, Hey, that's my sibling. Right. Yeah. I, how does it only a Tennessee man? (laughs) Only. Well, we have planned to talk. We have planned to talk about other stuff, (laughs) but we're at an hour. So (laughs) the absurdity of Tennessee. I mean, it's always, you have to laugh. I mean, it is what it is. Why not laugh and just things have to get better eventually? At some point. Well, and we say, I think it's Tennessee fans are a little too harsh on the program in me included. Let me say, I am a huge offender of this. Obviously we've clowned on Tennessee's entire athletic program <laughs> for the last 20 minutes of this show, but like there have been good moments. Yeah. Because I, I was thinking back, like, obviously, this past weekend, the walk-off homer was absolutely unbelievable. One of the best sports Tennessee sports moments I've had the privilege of seeing in person ever. Um, and that just happened this past weekend. But, I mean, you go back, like, the Tennessee-Kentucky game, the SEC championship. Rick Barnes won a regular season title in basketball. The, the 2016 Florida game. Like, that was only, I guess, at this point, we're closing in on five years ago. But, like, that was within the last five years you've had special moments it hasn't been fully devoid of special moments there have certainly not been as many as you would hope for sure for with with the amount of money and resources and the crazy loyal fan support that this school has you would hope that there would be a heck of a lot more than there's been but there had the hail mary at georgia there have been special moments uh at the same time and hopefully we can get more of them here soon but Nonetheless, I think that's it. I t- keep banging on this. I got so excited. This the audio on this is going to be awful. I was like banging on the table, <laughs> laughing and stuff. It's going to be terrible. I yeah, apologize. It's, it's entertaining. I apologize to anyone that I talked about in this episode. We talked about a lot of people. I'm sorry, especially a uh, special apology to Donnie Tyndall. I guess yeah, Donnie Tyndall. Yeah, did not mean genuinely- to show this text to everybody. <laughs> Genuinely, Donnie Tyndall was was a cool. He was a cool guy. Um, until he got sort of pushed into a corner after he got fired. I I think he would have done a fine job at Tennessee had that whole thing not come unwound. But nonetheless, that's it. I'm Charlie Burris. <laughs> that's Zach Reagan. Might have to cut that part out about the text messages. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> at Charlie Can underscore. He's got, a He's got a 10 year show calls. So I wouldn't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, it'll be all right. <laughs> I'm Charlie Burris at Zach Reagan at, at Zach TNT at Charlie underscore Burris at A to Z Sports, A to Z Sports National or Facebook.com slash A to Z Sports National, A to Z Sports National.com and the A to Z Sports uh, podcast network feed. If you want to listen to this nonsense uh, over the next uh, 
few weeks until you finally decide to unsubscribe because, <laughs> I mean, you listen to this. You get it. All right. <laughs> That's it. Thank you so, so, so much for listening if you made it this far. And we'll talk to you guys next week. See you guys later. <laughs>